Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 59. Welcome back, Adamantimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Thank you for tuning in today. And what a beautiful weekend we had. The sun was out. I myself was up north at a wedding in the Halliburton Algonquin area. And yeah, the sun was shining all weekend. Got a bit of a tan, some mosquito bites. Uh, it was it was perfect. So I hope your weekend was just as beautiful. Although those kind of weekends do make it a little harder to go into to work on a Monday. But we've got a great episode today to, uh, to start off your week. Today's episode, we've got a phenomenal musician, a guitarist extraordinaire, you might say. Uh, she's Canadian. Her name is Donna Grantis. She's from Toronto, actually. And how good is Donna, you ask? Well, she was good enough for Prince. So pretty, pretty good. That's right. So Donna played in Prince's, uh, I think it was his side project called Third Eye Girl, and then she became Prince's backing guitarist from about 2012 until he unfortunately passed away. So now Donna has been working on a solo album, which was just released in March, and it's called Diamonds and Dynamite, and we have her on the show today. We're very lucky to have her. Donna is very cool and very laid back. We had an excellent chat about uh, the creation of her solo album uh, and its influences and lots of stories about working with Prince and uh, all the other musicians that she's worked with uh, over her career. And Donna was kind enough to share with us one of the songs from Diamond and Dynamite to showcase right here on the Adamantium podcast. So we're going to have a listen to the song Trashformer, which also features Mike McCready, who is the guitarist of Pearl Jam. How awesome is that? So take a listen, guys. This is Trashformer by Donna Grantis. Have a listen and we'll, uh, we'll catch up in a few minutes.
Wow, that is talent on top of talent right there. I hope you guys enjoyed Trashformer by Donna Grantis featuring Mike McCready of Pearl Jam. You can find it on Donna's solo record, Diamonds and Dynamite, which is now available. Also, if you happen to be listening to this podcast pretty much right away on Monday, June 24th, you can catch Donna tonight at the Mod Club in Toronto. She's going to be doing a set there. Or if you're in Ottawa, New York City, or Saratoga Springs this week, Donna will also be doing shows in venues there between now and Saturday. If you are listening to the Adamantium podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we ask you, please do hit that subscribe button. We'd love for you to tune in again. Also, if you'd be so kind to leave us a rating and a comment, that really helps us in growing our listenership and therefore getting even more interviews. You can also listen to the Adamantium podcast on Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, basically anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can also follow myself and the podcast on social media, of course. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can find us just by searching The Adamantium or my name, Adam R. Harrison, and I would love to have you follow on this podcast adventure of mine. And that is it for now. So now that you've heard some of the spectacular talent that Donna has, I would love to introduce you to her and hear what she has to say and uh, about some of her career experiences. So here it is, episode number 59 of the Adamantium podcast featuring Donna Grantis. Enjoy everyone and have a fantastic week. Welcome, Donna. Thank you for joining us. We've got Donna Grantis here uh, with us on the Adamantium podcast. Some very exciting things on the go, especially for you right now. Yeah. So let's, you know, your first solo record. Yes, Diamonds and Dynamite. Diamonds and Dynamite, which people can get now. It's available. Yep, it's available everywhere on all uh, digital streaming platforms. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, so why don't we open up the conversation talking about the new album. Sure. First of all, because you've worked with so many so many artists, and what made you decide kind of at this point now in your career that it was time for something, a solo project? Mm-hmm. Um, so what made you decide now was kind of the time? Um, really, I, I was interested in um, seeing through an artistic vision like completely as a band leader, and I, I really wanted to have that um, creative freedom mm-hmm. to um, to lead a project and um, yeah, control all aspects of um, you know of of the art, like from the music to the photos. Um, okay. Um, you know, it's really liberating to to lead a project. And like that. yeah, uh, well, absolutely, and kind of like the whole vision is yours yeah. now. Yeah. So did you find that, um, you know, with that full, did you, was there, was everything as you expected or was there kind of like all these other movements that you were like, oh, wow, I didn't realize there was this part to, um, well, I definitely learned a ton about, you know, seeing through one's artistic vision, um, from the time that I spent with Prince, right. um, you know, and, uh, playing, Playing with him was, you know, my number one dream come true. Yeah. Um, so going back to the first question that you had asked, like, you know, I 
feel so <laughs> lucky to have had that experience with him. And um, so that's another reason why I really felt like now is the right time. Okay. Um, but also, I learned so much about, you know, uh, f- thinking about how, you know, fashion, art, and photography can all be a reflection of, mm-hmm. um, of the music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, by example, you know, I, I um, observed those things through Prince and how he would translate his artistic vision. And so I really wanted to have the, the freedom to do that on my own. And, you know, I think he, he was an artist that uh, really covered every possible creative, mm-hmm. you know, uh, absolutely. A- avenue every, possible. From, like you said, even like from photography to Yeah, yeah. yeah. So with, with my own project... Um, I'm trying to apply those things and and think about, um, you know, what I'd like to kind of communicate and get across. Yeah. um, Well, Prince is someone that I would see would probably have, you know, a hand or an eye on every kind of aspect of of a project. You know, whether he's doing it or not, I'm sure he's got some kind of management on it. Um, Do you... Did you... From working with Prince, did you learn a lot of things that, you know, from not just necessarily a musical standpoint, but mm-hmm. from the beginning to end process of making an album? Oh, for sure. Um, just witnessing how, you know, how he would approach uh, teaching musicians a song mm-hmm. or arranging music on the fly. Right. Um, how he approached going into the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was all extremely eye-opening and then so interesting. It's so interesting, uh, I find, to, you know, take a glimpse into, into anyone's creative right. process. Um, yeah, that's always been something that's, like, really intrigued me and... Um, you know, even with athletes, for example, mm-hmm. like I, what's Serena Williams' day to day like? Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, that kind of thing. There's so much to learn. Yeah. Just from from checking out that insight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What what a, a day in the life is. I always yeah. wonder. The one I always wonder the most, just based from social media, like day to day, like getting glimpses. How does The Rock manage his life? Right, because he's got to be at the gym a lot. <laughs> like he's at the gym at four in the morning. Right, and I must like I'm like there must be a hundred people managing his calendar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, so let, let, that that just kind of stirred up a question in my head. Where, I mean, there's tremendous amount of pressure on yourself. Um, where did where did you feel? Do you feel more pressure now releasing a? a a solo album for yourself or do you feel more pressure when working for someone like Prince <laughs> where you're like I, I don't want to let this yeah, mastermind right. down you know <laughs> that's a really good question yeah you know it's just different yeah um uh it's, it's a different kind of pressure yeah um which is not necessarily a bad thing it's a good pressure yeah, yeah. Uh, oh absolutely uh so you know Nobody wanted to make a mistake on <laughs> stage of with Prince. You know, you. Uh, I think everybody, uh, myself included, obviously, you know, just want to wanted to make him proud and, and of course, yeah. you know, play our best and and be the best that we could be. And um, you know, definitely as a solo artist, 
it's up to it's up to <laughs> it's you up to do to everything. One person, yeah. you know, to to really make decisions and kind of uh, lead the way. But which is also a huge pressure. It's just yeah, a different type of pressure for sure. But um, you know, I really think that uh, there are so many people behind the project that mm-hmm. actually, you know, have made it come alive. And you know, that's that's everybody from, you know, of course, the musicians, the graphic designers, the photographers. Um, record label, mm-hmm. booking agent, publicist, and, yeah. um, just everybody uh, really working together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, and I mean, through, and, and not just Prince, but all the people that you've worked with previous, yeah. there's so many different styles that you've worked on. Yeah. How did you decide, or what were you, when you were creating the album, you know, what made you decide this is what I want my album to sound yeah. like? Um, it was very natural okay um yeah the composition process was very natural um the thing about uh being a session musician sometimes Mm -hmm. is that like for example um you know when I was playing with uh Shakura Saida brilliant Mm -hmm. blues singer from from Toronto you know people might you know may have seen me and thought oh she's a blues guitar player Mm -hmm. you know and then when I was playing with Sate, maybe they thought, oh, she's a rock player. Right. Or playing with Kelly Lee Evans, oh, she she plays jazz. Mm -hmm. You know? But uh, through composition, you know, and and writing the things that just appeal to me and are really natural, I think that is, um, you know, a really true reflection Mm -hmm. of um, what I'd like to, what my sound is like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in in actually working on these different styles, it kind of created... It kind of helped create your own, you think? For sure. Um, you know, I've, I'm influenced by so many different types of music, mm-hmm. like blues, jazz, rock, pop, funk. Yeah. Um, and I and I really uh, so would you dig say, it all. Yeah. Um, would and, you say Diamonds and Dynamite has like a little bit of everything? Um, I think it, it. I think it does through my own lens. Okay. Right. Yeah. Which is exactly what a solo album is. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Is your own lens. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed even like um, like on the song Di- Diamonds and Dynamite, there was like even like a bit of like a kind of like an Eastern Indian percussion type mm-hmm. of influence on it. Um, was that something that you really wanted a part of? Like where did, how, where did that influence kind of come from? Yeah, many years ago I played a, um, a folk festival and I heard a uh, tabla ensemble, and I thought, okay, Man, that's really cool. Um, it would be really fun to collaborate with a, a tabla artist at some point. And uh, one of the things that's really cool about the instrument, um, you know, you don't see it regularly. Yeah. You know, uh, and since the music that I'm I'm making is pretty out there and eclectic and. Um, somewhat unusual um, you know when when people would would come to see us I wanted to have an instrument on stage where you know yeah. the, uh, the listener would think what is that mm-hmm. and what am I about to hear and what am I about to experience and, right um, you know just to set the stone uh, set, set the tone from the beginning that, that it's a little bit different mm-hmm. um, and also uh was really influenced by 70s era Miles Davis music okay. writing for this record um, 
that's often referred to as, as his electric period. Okay. And he incorporated um, some traditional Indian uh, instruments. Okay. And <laughs> uh, one of my favorite guitar players, John McLaughlin, okay. uh, is really into you know Indian rhythms and things like that. He gotcha. collaborated with uh, an amazing tabla player named Zakir Hussain. And Sufla, the tabla player in my group, um, her one of her gurus is Zakir Hussain. Okay. So it's just such a cool mix of things yeah, that came things together that you, and you definitely wanted this yeah, this sound in there. Yeah. So when you play when you when you play the solo material live, do you have um, a lot of other session uh, musicians playing with you? Um like to will because you said you mentioned that you when you want when people see you you want them to see those instruments and, and yeah. wonder what they sound like and yeah. so do you have people playing them in the solo shows? Oh, Sufla Sufla is yeah. with me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, she'll she'll be um, at the Moth Club. Okay. On uh, on Monday, actually, we have a, a, a run of dates coming up, and yes. yeah, yeah, Tablet will be. Um, so tell us, just tell us actually about when the, the run of dates is. So. Uh, June 24th at the okay. Mod Club in Toronto. Yes. June 25th at the Ottawa Jazz Festival. Uh, June 27th at Le Poisson Rouge in New York City. Okay. And June 29th at the Saratoga Jazz Festival. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we'll try and get this episode up before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, awesome. Yeah, it's always interesting where that influence comes from. It's it's really funny because I, I play the... I, I'm a percussionist myself. Oh, no way. But when I think back, one of the first first times I ever played percussion when I was in um, when I was in grade school. Yeah. There was a teacher. She was the swim teacher, and yeah. she was from I think Nigeria. Yeah. And she put together an African drumming team. That's amazing. Yeah, and that when I think back, I'm like that was my first time ever playing yeah. a percussion instrument. Yeah. yeah. I was in an African drumming team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really really cool. Um, Great, yeah. I kind of lost my spot now, but I'm gonna. Have you ever I, played tabla? No, I haven't. It's and I I went to India last year. Um, I would love to go to India. It's it's uh, it's like another experience. It's it's crazy. Um, culturally, it's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Um. I'm, yeah, and we did actually. So I did see some people playing tabla. Yeah. At one of our one of the places we stayed, they had um, like a tabla and a sitar and. Yeah. It was really cool. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a gorgeous it sounding instrument and it really lends itself well to both, you know, ambient, meditative, mm -hmm. you know, jams and, you know, sort of, I think, kind of crazier, uh, yeah. intense kind of psychedelic grooves. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, when you were, um, you, had, you had mentioned earlier that... Um, now you you just had a baby, yes. Know. So um, well, first of all, congratulations, Thanks. boy or girl? Boy. Boy. Very nice. What's his name? Tyler. Tyler. Very nice. Is that your first? Second. Second. Okay. So you've been through the experience. Was it? Was have? How do you manage being a mom and being a musician? Mm -hmm. Especially while you're putting out an album, you are literally right. in the <laughs> pregnancy and album making process at the same time. I'm. I feel very. Uh, fortunate to have a partner who um, places as much value on my career as he does on mm -hmm. his own. Okay. Is he a musician as well? No. No. Okay. 
Um, so that's definitely one part of it. Yes. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there are, you know, tons of male musicians mm -hmm. who have families and wonderful careers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I haven't heard, you know, I'd like to find out more about how do they do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because they do it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I thought, well, I obviously should be able to do yeah. that too. I mean, you, you know, know, like, unfortunately, there's always the stigma of in the past, they kind of just left home and went to right. But now that we live in a more, uh, you know, equal opportunity society, mm -hmm. it would be interesting to know because there is a lot of, you know, same. I think there is more of a balance between family and tour life now than mm -hmm. there certainly was in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, music has always been such a huge part of my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, family is a huge part of my life, okay. too. Um, now that I have two boys, who I love yeah. so much. Um, and so it's just a matter of striking that healthy balance mm -hmm. between, um, you know, work life, which I think... Everybody goes through. Yeah, I think of course. Every single parent, you know, whether you're a musician, you know, doing something maybe a bit more atypical, mm -hmm. or even if you're a doctor, yeah, you of know, course. or a teacher, everybody's faced with those um, those challenges, obstacles, and, and yeah. got to figure out how to how to make it work. And mm -hmm. I think there's like a unique kind of uh, unique ways to. Make it work were for were your parents musicians or no? So how did you fall into? When did you first pick up a guitar? Uh, when I was thirteen, my older brother had an acoustic guitar. Okay, at home. yeah. And uh, yeah, one summer I thought I would just pick it up and learn a few chords. Yeah. And I checked out the tab for Stairway to Heaven. Okay. And that was it. The rest is. Were your parents supportive of of the, like being a musician and? Um, they. <laughs> <laughs> they were very supportive of me playing as a hobby. Okay. And, uh, you know, when I, when I really decided and <laughs> let them know that I wanted to do it yeah. as a career, um, we talked about it. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, ultimately they, they, you know, they always encouraged me to make my own decisions. Right. Um, and so I, you know, continued pursuing it, obviously, and went away to university, and they were they were very supportive of that. Um, were they nervous? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, <laughs> now as a parent, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a, definitely a different perspective on things and life than I did as a very young teenager. Right. You know, so I can uh, appreciate, you know, different viewpoints that yeah. maybe I didn't uh, understand as clearly yeah. <laughs> before. Uh, because, you know, there are challenges, of right? Course. And there are challenges with everything, too. Yeah. Um, but they are extremely supportive of yeah. me now. At what point do you think they were like, okay, we don't need to worry about her anymore? Um, <laughs> when they yeah. saw you on stage with Prince? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when I started traveling and touring, right. playing all over the world, and yeah. I think that's when, when... At what age did you start? Uh, Were you in my like, 20s. Okay, yeah. yeah. In my early 20s, and um, and I think that's when, 
they were they thought you know wow you know you get to see the world Mm -hmm. and get paid (laughs) to do it and you know it's when you when you are touring do you find that you do get to see the world because i've I've talked to so so many musicians who are like i've been everywhere and like half the time it's like i'm in the bus and then i'm in a new city right yeah do you find that you've actually had an opportunity to see the world and yeah i mean there's so much more of it that i'd like to see of course so there always Um, is but, I always find that bucket list gets longer before it gets yeah, shorter. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, there are def- there have definitely been times where, you know, I've woken up and thought, like, where am I? Yeah. What month is it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I when mean? When you're in the thick of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, then there are times where, you know, out with friends in Singapore exploring, right. you know, Buddhist temples. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's... I've an heard adventure. Singapore is like one of the best places too to be just out with your friends. Like yeah. It's just like the, apparently like this, the social life there is. Yeah. I remember great. it just yeah. being so beautiful and flowers yeah. everywhere. Oh yeah. Um, that one's on my list too. Yeah. <laughs> great. Um, um, on the, on the record, I noticed there's also a couple songs that have, um, Mike McCready from Pearl yes, Jam. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm a big Pearl Jam I'm a big Pearl Jam I'm sure sure you are I'm sure you are yeah how actually before we before we dive into the question I actually believe I saw you playing with Pearl Jam in 2016 in May yes in May 2016 the ACC yes yes yeah because I think I saw it on your Instagram and I was I was at that show yeah so many I can't remember if I was at night one or night two yeah but yeah because one night you played keep on keep on rocking in the free, free world. world was the first night and the second show was Bob O'Reilly. I think I was at the first night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard them play keep on rocking a few times. Yeah. yeah. One one time was with Neil Young. Oh, yeah, amazing! Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so how did you how did you get connected with Mike Duet like? Yeah. And did you present him with the songs and he added his or did you guys write yeah. it together? Yeah. So I first met Mike in Seattle. Okay. In 2013, uh, at a venue called the Showbox, um, I was playing there with Prince and Third Eye Girl. Right. And uh, Mike and the band were there, and then uh, we met backstage after the concert, and you know, chatted a bit and kept in touch. And then, in uh, May of of 2016, he invited me out to uh, to jam. Okay. Uh, which was just so much like, fun. That must have felt surreal. <laughs> oh, it was incredible, and uh, and then after after those two shows, um, we were talking about collaborating. And mm-hmm. Mike has a boutique vinyl record label called Hockey Talker Records. Okay. And they put out seven inch singles. Okay. Um, and so we thought, how cool would it be to to put out, you know, uh, a couple of singles through his label. And uh, he said, yeah, send me some music. I'd be happy to play on it. <laughs> mm. And so I wrote Trash Former with him in mind. Okay. Um, and uh, and then sent over a song called Violetta yeah. as well. And on, on Trash Former, um, you know, I wanted to, like, have, like, this really big build-up section that would lead right up into a solo with... A guitar pickup for, that he could play. Okay. You know, so like a pocket for him to just come in and, you know. And wail. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, what he played just totally blows me away every yeah. time I hear it. 
And on the track Violetta, he added um, uh, some like sound effects um, and delay and just the coolest like ambient, mm-hmm. um, you know, ambient sounds throughout mm-hmm. that I think added so much to the track. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And you mentioned, you know, with, with working with guys like Mike and you mentioned a few Sate and I think I saw somewhere that you worked with Cardinella Fauchel yeah. on something, yeah. uh, Amanda Marshall. Yeah. And it's like all s- so different types of genres. Yeah. Did, like, did you feel like you really had to adapt sometimes or did you ever feel like, when did you feel most challenged mm-hmm. that like, this is, this one's, this one's tough or you know? I felt uh, definitely most challenged with Prince because the pace was so fast. Okay. Um, so, you know, we were we learned you know hundreds of songs. Right. Uh, you know because he has such a huge, you know, catalog. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I would you know often uh, wake up or you know early in the morning lift tunes mm-hmm. right up until rehearsal <laughs> and then we really? would okay. you know play them all day and then get you know a list of new songs or you know we'd be sound checking <coughs> before a gig and get a list of songs to learn to be performed at the show like and, that and night it might even you know. be ones that you've like not played before exactly wow yeah okay. so so it was just you know that is the that pace, is challenging. The pace was quick. <laughs> yeah, and did yeah. he? Because I know that I saw Prince once. Mm-hmm. I think it was just before. It was in 2011, so I think just. I was before. at that show. We're here in Toronto. Yep. Yeah, and like you just never knew when it was going to end. Like you just. Yeah. It was like okay, I think we're on encore six now. Yeah. Like, and uh, so I was always kind of wondering, was he like calling these on the fly on or the fly? Yeah. Yeah. We, we started with. The so you set. just had to know. What? You just had to know. Yeah. Yeah, we started with a set list. I don't think we ever followed one completely. Okay. Yeah. So, like, who, like does he, does he sell someone and someone, like, it gets around, like, a telephone, or does he just yell out something? And uh, how do you how do you guys how do you guys communicate, or how did you well, communicate? Well, sometimes he would just start playing it. Okay. And <laughs> we have to jump right in. At any point, were you like, oh my gosh, I don't know this one that well, or? Um... No. Okay. <laughs> because we were. You're expected a, to. Uh, <laughs> we were like a, you know, sort of well-oiled machine, machine yeah. <laughs> and we just did that like day in, oh, day I feel out. Like my anxiety day in, day would be <laughs> 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 would be through the roof. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there were absolutely times when, yeah, we were playing things on stage that were totally new, but we trained for that Mm -hmm. so for example um in rehearsal you know sometimes we would be you know running sets or working on arrangements playing funk jams you know all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff and sometimes we were just like jamming like totally improvising and and i remember thinking like in rehearsal like oh this is fun we can you know this is the like free for all time you know and then later i realized when we started doing that on stage, it was like, oh, that wasn't just, hey, let's jam for fun. That was an exercise to get us, you know, prepared Prepared. for when we randomly do it on stage. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. 
how do how do musicians signal to each other like because I've seen it like jazz bands do it too where it's yeah. like okay now it's time for a drum solo right or now we've gone back to like our our rhythm and it's like okay now it's time for the saxophone to jump in like how do is there like a like a key to someone like wink at someone <laughs> and like okay I'm gonna go now or like I think when you or is there like a master of puppets who's like kind of <laughs> Well, Prince was a master Prince, band sure. leader, yeah. for sure. Um, but I think when you play with people for a long time, you become familiar with their, um, you know, body language yeah. and things like that. And so sometimes it's like just eye contact. Yeah. You know, you look at someone and it's like... And that what happens means, if two people start at the same time? <laughs> that Does someone means, stop? Or? <laughs> well, you know, it could mean it could mean go to the bridge, right? Right. Like okay. that, you kind of instinctually know. Wow. Um, could be a point. Could yeah. be um, a nod. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, it could be. Could be really. Wow. Just calling out someone's name. Yeah. You know and. And you've got to react to it. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you think without that experience that um, Diamonds and Dynamite would be different? Oh, for or, sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or even exist? You think it No, you I mean, that Diamonds and Dynamite absolutely was so directly, you know, influenced and inspired by... That experience. That experience. And what, you know, all of the musical things I've learned you know as well as uh just the life experience mm-hmm. of it all and you know trying to communicate different feelings and emotions through sound and songs very cool um being from toronto yourself growing yeah. up here and it sounds like we've been to a lot of the same shows even yeah where what were growing up what were some of your favorite as a musician favorite spots to, in the city mm-hmm. um before I went away to school mm-hmm. to uh, to Montreal, I went to Grossman's a couple of times. Okay. There was a blues yeah. jam there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it feel like now you've you've played such some insanely high profile shows? Um, I think I read a sold out like Superdome in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, it, in front of that President Obama at the White House. That was amazing. Yeah. So first, tell me, tell me about that experience. It was, well, it was incredible. Yeah. We, so was um, that? I I just I just read that you had had done that. Was that with yeah. Prince or yes. okay? Yeah. So one day Prince is like, "Hey, we're going to the White House," and <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, Stevie Wonder was there. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um, like... <laughs> and uh, yeah. We all so wanted to be in, best friends with the Obamas. Of course, yeah. <laughs> they seem just like the nicest people. Yeah. Did you, now was this like, uh, was it a ceremony of some sort? And it was, or was it literally for them? For them. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I always feel it's like almost more pressure when it's just like a handful of people watching rather than a, a massive well, crowd, right? They had invited a, right. a number of guests. Okay. Um, so it was a party. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. So what did you play for them? Do you remember? Um, we, well, I definitely remember when we played 
Plectrum Electrum. Okay. Which is a song that I wrote that Prince arranged. Yes. And yeah. that song was not on the set list. Okay. Um, the set list, if I remember correctly, was um, predominantly uh, like funk hits. Right. Um, and then this was <laughs> this is an example that must have been like a real privilege yeah you had to play your song yeah yeah I can't remember if he just started playing it or maybe he cued Hannah to play the drum yeah uh, pick up yeah and then we went into it which is yeah does Barack dance yeah like did he yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. He's a great dancer. Yeah. Um, so what? So what I was gonna ask was like you, you know, going. You've had you've played these high profile gigs. Does it feel like strange at all now to be playing in in clubs back in your hometown, and or does it feel kind of like home? I I really, um, you know, have fun playing, you know, on a stage in front of sixty thousand people. Yeah. Or in you know a tiny club with. You know, a hundred people. That's it. Yeah, good music's um, good music. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, playing at the Mod Club is going to be my first gig here in a number of years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So does it feel kind of like a homecoming? Yeah. 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 Very nice. Well, Donna, thank you very much for for joining us. Those, that's thank you. All the questions I have, and I think we've just about hit our time limit too. So sounds good. Thank you very very much for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Best of luck on Monday. Thank you. Yes, and all the best with with the album. Great talking to you. Adamantium.